commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright side of the galaxy, I'm Greg Scondack, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole news show for in-depth coverage and analysis for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to our lead-up episode for our Pillars of Star Wars series, the DNA of Star Wars. But first, more news surrounding the production of The Mandalorian Season 2. Now for your host, Ben Grant's Adam, to don their T-Visors, sell off their Mythosaurs, and clutch their baby Yodas in another installment of Fistful of Beskar. And now, for Fistful of Beskar. All right, that is correct. So uh, we got a little information, a little nugget of information about uh, Mandalorian Season 2 last week that we were able to break as it happened. Um, apparently a character named Boba, Boba Fett, I think will be, uh, in season two. Not familiar. Uh, that, yeah. He's kind of a big deal in certain hmm. circles. Mostly this circle, the Venn diagram oh, is, is... A Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> That's there is debate online about that. Actually. <laughs> TBD, uh, really? TBD. Yeah, we will. Uh, I'm sure we'll discuss that sooner or later. Um, but so there was a uh, more news about Mandalorian this week, plenty more, um, Firstly, this the gallery Star Wars gallery series on Disney Plus uh, came out with two more episodes. One was um, titled the Legacy. Uh, Legacy. Thank yep. you. <laughs> Last week, which I almost forgot. And um, <laughs> the actors came out today. Um, and those were fantastic uh, episodes. So we'll talk about that. Um, and then uh, we got some news, another casting rumor on uh, Slash Film that Katie Sackoff will be playing Bo-Katan, um, who is a Mandalorian character uh, from Rebels, created in Rebels um, and Clone Wars as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's interesting news. And then we also heard uh, a rumor that uh, Boba Fett We'll have a smaller role in season two, but a much larger role in season three. Um, why don't we start there, guys? What do you um, I, We kind of mentioned that could be I think Grant mentioned last week that maybe there, you know, this will be about the hunt and maybe the ultimate yeah. event is a face off between uh, Din Djarin and Boba Fett. And then yeah. uh, I don't know. And then it'll, it'll lead on into season three. What uh, how do you feel about this news? I literally had a dream about the Mandalorian a couple nights ago. I think I think I was like quality checking our podcast while in bed and fell asleep listening to our dulcet tones and oh then maybe dream about Star Wars. It was yeah, it was weird. It was very weird. But um I had a dream that season one was like the 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 bounty hunters are and at times hunting down the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, but season two we get the elite bounty hunters, right? Like that's what season two is about, like the elite uh, ones, like the real ones. So we get a Forlom and Zuckus. We get a, I don't know, Dengar, Bosk, Bosk, yeah, Bosk, definitely Bosk. IG eighty eight maybe as a fake out as an IG eleven type of type of thing going on, right? So that's my thought, and that would be a perfect way to introduce Boba Fett. And my thought was, season one we hear the Spurs. Season two, we see him and he's and he's just this looming presence. And season three is really the Boba Fett season, would be my guess. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think Boba Fett works perfectly with this story. I mean, we know he was, uh, you know, bred and born with the Kaminoans. And we mm-hmm. saw that Kaminoan insignia on that doctor's shoulder on, uh, on his outfit in the first 
uh, season. Just makes me think he's wrapped up in all of that. It makes me think he he might be involved with Baby Yoda, and he might take Baby Yoda from Mando. I think that might that might happen. There's a mm-hmm. pretty good chance of that, and because I mean, Mando's story is really Baby Yoda's story at the same time. And if he has a bigger role in season three, it makes me think it's it's the hunt to get Yoda back or something like that. Like, it, it, and and back from who? Back from Boba, possibly. So that's that's kind of where I'm thinking it all goes. But I love your your comment, Adam, about it. Like, we see the Spurs. We confront him, and then he has the upper hand in season three. Like he is, he is the main villain. Basically, I love that idea. Stand by. What's this noise we are going on? Oh, uh... thank you. Sounded like Vader at the end there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm. I am wondering if it's not a adversarial relationship that Boba mm. Fett. Lauren has. I, I kind of hope that like he's through like the child, um, Baby Yoda, is his vehicle to sort of be introduced to another tier of Mandalorians, another sect of Mandalorians, and they have a Mandalorian like objective of their own. And you know, you, you mentioned at the top grant, is Boba Fett a Mandalorian? Like we'll, you know, that that's an excellent question. We we don't really know that. I know, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, in Battlefront 2, openly like questions like whenever they run into each other on the um, uh, on the, the battlefield, Obi Wan Kenobi says, "What tribe are you again, uh, Boba Fett?" You know, mm-hmm. like, he's just like, um, he's like, "I don't do like because Obi Wan has a lot of experience with Mandalorians, and so I I don't know what it is, but it'd be interesting if we have Bo Katan, uh, you know, coming in played by Katie Sackhoff, um, and you know Boba Fett. We've got this sort of like dream team of Mandalorians that are maybe trying to reclaim their own land or um, so. And, and maybe that's what season three is. I my, my problem is that, like, I think I like Din Djarin more than I like Boba Fett. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. That's not I, that's, like no debate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm team Din Djarin all the way. And yeah. like it, it's I mean, if it, it's obviously not going to be Boba Fett's ultimate end, if he's going to be in season three, they're going to be there. And if they're constantly fighting each other, I mean, I guess that'd be interesting. But it would, I, for me, it would be interesting. And, and I mean, it would step up the stakes if he steals the child. And like now you've yeah. got to go, you know, you've got to pursue the most dangerous bounty hunter in the in the galaxy. Um, then that would be quite a thing. Um, but it, it, to me, it'd be kind of interesting to have like a Mando centric mission because they're just like this orthodox sect. We know there's the the armorer. Mm-hmm. And, and and I really love this rich um cultural phenomenon they have going on with the mandalorians now and i want to i want to dig deeper into that yeah but yeah. uh yeah i feel like um it, well there's, there's definitely legends material that both affirms boba is uh, Django and boba are mandalorians but then there's also legends material that contradicts that too and so yes. it's right. still very much you know uh you know uh, up to your own interpretation but um i i, I have to think i i do like the idea that there is there could possibly be a team up and he's not going to be this villain character. And I love the idea of Boba Fett as a mentor, but he seems like kind of a hothead in comparison to like many of the clones and right. even Django for that matter. And I'm like, I don't know if he is mentor material, but like right. he could be a very interesting kind of like 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 a Beckett, basically, essentially like, you know, yeah. Jaren trusts him one. and then yeah. he betrays him. You know, something like that where it's kind of a mentor figure, but it's also. He's the ultimate villain in the end as well. But I, I don't think they repeat that. Star Wars is very good about not repeating the same, you know, archetype and archetypal character and, you know, silhouette and all that kind of stuff. So they, yeah. they keep everything very separate, in which they do a really good job at that. So I, I've been fascinated to see what they do. 
Yeah, it's going to be really cool. I mean, does Boba Fett have armor when they meet? Is Boba Fett maybe, trying to get armor? Like maybe he needs his armor, right? Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's a thing. Yeah, maybe he's trying to get you know trying to get Dinjarin's armor, and like that's how that you know they meet, or you know who knows? I, I'm more in the line of the he's like working for the Kaminoans, but yeah. I love the idea of the first season being about acquiring, accruing all the armor, and then the second season season being about it all being stripped away, maybe by someone like a Boba Fett, like someone who's going to take it all. Like I and he, him having to, you know, rebound from that. Like I, that's an interesting idea. I really like that yeah. idea. I've been watching too many Marvel movies, but you know what I want to see is at the <laughs> end of every episode, there's an after. Actually, they've been doing this on Westworld, like they or they did, like after the credits things. Um, and I'm like, maybe after every episode, you see a hand grab a different piece of armor. Spurs like that's all you see, right? Like yeah. spurs of jangling, and then like you're just like, and then the last one in episode seven before episode eight is that is is the helmet. It's, it's right. the helmet, and then you're like, oh no, here we go. Right, and it's going to Murray Morrison's face, and that's all we yes. get. Yeah. Um, Mando I, waking up every morning and just throwing rocks because he's annoyed. He's losing armor. Yes. What's Really interesting about this news about like uh, Katie Sackaloff coming back to play Focus Hand in live action and Tamora Morrison coming back. And a lot of stuff seems to suggest that Mandalorian season two is going to be an official Filoni joint. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, like yeah. he was very influential in season one, as we'll talk about when we talk about the galleries episode. Um, he and John Favreau seem to work really well together. I have a couple of notes about that from this episode yeah. that aired today. And um, it feels to me like like Favreau's kind of leaning on Filoni in a good way to be like, you take care of the Star Wars, right? Like the the, yeah. the 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 mythos, and I'll take care of the making it fun and exciting and consumable. Right. That sounded really dismissive, and I don't. No, mean but the directing, like, like he's yeah. more conceptual in directing, and he and he's also he Favreau seems to be mentoring um, yes. Filoni. I in, like, yeah. yeah. Um, if you haven't seen the gallery episodes, please, I yeah. mean, you should get Disney plus definitely watch the gallery episodes. I'm never, I, I don't really like behind the scenes things, but this is fascinating because it really yeah. speaks the round to table. what they're doing. Yeah. Style. There's several round tables like intercut yeah. and it really, they really sh- peel back the curtain and show you what kind of people they are, what, you know, what, um, what the environment's like on set. What uh, yeah. what are their philosophies? Why are they bringing in these directors? What's going, you know, and, and it's, they're learning as they're doing and, um, and it's very organic and they're very like nice people, but you're also seeing like, okay, Filoni understands, you know, understands Star Wars on a level. Oh, his only peers are probably Kathleen Kennedy and George Lucas. Like he's, he understands his, his ability to articulate what Star Wars is, is unparalleled yeah. at this point. I mean, it's only right. George who's out there who, who knows, you know, right. But, but also, the same being, years alone. but, but isn't, isn't like gatekeepery about it either, which is what I think yeah. I like, I've always, i never know how I felt about Dave Filoni for a long time because I didn't see him talk a lot. Does that make sense? Like I just yeah. saw his work and for someone who is so, thoughtful about the canon of star wars made me a little nervous about like i I always had this picture of him in my mind of like this is star wars this is not star wars like i always thought that was who he was for no reason other than just watching the work and then hearing him speak i'm like oh no he just gets it can hold court and explain it and then and then just be open to collaboration with others and not be like no that's not star wars he's like he just kind of goes with it and i think that's awesome Right. right. So even even when uh, uh sorry sorry Ben even when 
Favreau first came up with the idea that the the Mandalorian has a carbon freezing chamber on his ship, we know that yeah. Filoni bumped up against that. But when Filoni bumps up against something, he's not gatekeeper and shuts right. it down. He he negotiates. He tries like, to how do we make how, this work? how exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we're already into the galleries. Why don't we get into it? I have just one other note to talk about casting. We can do it uh, at the end of it. Um, sure. So legacies, uh, the legacy episode came out last week. Um, interesting stuff. It's talking about, you know, what Star Wars means to all the directors prim- uh, primarily. But the, the part that stole the show was the ending. And it seemed to happen very organically. And um, Filoni starts talking about how. Yeah. The 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 lightsaber battle in Phantom Menace is, I mean, it ties in directly to the last lightsaber battle against the in um, uh, Return of the Jedi, yeah. but it, it it also it it is the entire philosophy. It is the the lever, the um, I don't know. It's like this intersection point where everything yeah. the future of Anakin Skywalker hands in the hangs in the balance of this lightsaber yes. battle. And it was like a level of depth that I've I've never considered Star Wars, and I, I try to think about it as deeply as possible. Um, and the whole the whole table of his peers and, and you know people with more experience than him went silent and just like absorbed <laughs> this amazing you know humble description of that you know only you know you would get from like George Lucas like from knowing being around yeah. um, that that speech. And it, it was really illuminating. You're like, oh, this is he is Filoni is a very valuable piece. Um, to Lucas. Yeah. My favorite part of that is just watching the the faces around the table yes. watch him. And <laughs> yeah, like just yeah. in awe of this person, like watching all the puzzle pieces fall into place. And like the way I think about it is like when he talked about whether or not like Anakin's fate completely rests on whether Qui-Gon wins or whether Obi-Wan wins, right? Like in other words, who dies? Who, or yeah. both wins, but basically, basically whether or not Qui-Gon lives or dies. Yeah, he was able to articulate something that I knew at my core, (laughs) but could never say, could never figure out. Like when he said it, it was like hearing truth. It was like, of course, I knew that, but I could never put to words this idea of like that is the most one of the most pivotal points in all of Star Wars history is that fight against Darth Maul, because every time I watch it. The, the eight-year-old kid in me pops in going, look at the lightsaber fight. It looks so cool. It's amazing. I love right. this. This is great. <laughs> yeah, like right? The high adventure and the action and all this, you know, the, the sci-fi flair is just, it, it it blinds you from the deeper messages that are just behind the scenes. And we talked about this earlier before recording. It's like there's there's Star Wars and then that's what, what's behind Star Wars. And whenever you hear Filoni or Lucas talk about Star Wars, they kind of jump past all of the the aesthetic stuff and they, mm-hmm. get, they boil it right down to the heroics choice and potential like it it boils down to you as a person and like your choices and i feel like that is so beautiful and 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 i feel like filoni totally gets that and i'm sure more people down the line are going to begin to understand that i'm sure ryan ryan johnson understands that like a lot of people understand this and i feel like that is what star wars really is it's about spreading that hope and it's about you know discussing what it is to be a hero and i feel like that's so fascinating and make it eminently relatable with um, with the family connection. I mean, yeah. I, I, please watch this. But in like a couple sentences here, essentially, Qui-Gon represents the father. He would have been a father figure to Anakin, whereas but he lost. And like that was hanging the balance. And uh, Obi-Wan became is more of a brother figure. And that dynamic really like it, it was this vacuum was created for Anakin. He literally has no father. Um, and so and that was when Palpatine swept in and sort of played that father figure and and, and was led towards the dark side 
instead of having Qui-Gon, this person who Filoni described like outpaced the Jedi. Like he was like, he's not on the council because he understands the flaws of the Jedi and, and doesn't agree with their doctrine. And like he right. would have been the father figure shepherd that would have guided the chosen one on the better path. And right. and then and, and then it re- relates to obviously the, the most powerful scene in Star Wars, arguably in the throne room scene in, in Return of the Jedi, and you know how how it affects Luke and and and, and like Anakin ultimately finds himself like no like they save each other right Luke is like yeah. no I believe in my father and and Luke is like I believe in my son and makes that ultimate sac- sacrifice, and and he finally you know bridges that gap that that vacuum that was left by Qui Gon and yeah totally. Uh, yeah. I'm going to update my controversial statements from the past few weeks, which I said Ahsoka was the only true Jedi. Yeah, I'm going to update it and say Ahsoka and Qui-Gon <laughs> were the only true Jedi. Yeah. And, and Luke Skywalker. I, yeah, I, I mean, and Yoda. Up, I mean, in Yoda. No, yeah, Yoda, no, I think no. I hope so. I will fight you. Yoda lost I his think way. Yoda, Luke, Qui-Gon and Ahsoka all have through failure have learned how to be true Jedi. So yeah, in death, yes, he's a true yeah. Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Did. I'm saying the Yoda we see in the last Jedi is a true true Jedi. So yes. I, that's the thing is I, I wanted to I didn't really I didn't I didn't put the rules to my statement, right? Because like I'm leaving alone the um the sequel trilogy because I'm still processing. I'm still not sure who's the true Jedi in that whole thing. Um and so right. I was just looking at 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 prequel trilogy and original trilogy. And to me, Luke is not a true Jedi, even at the end of that, because we don't know what he does. If our if our mind stops straight at the end of episode mm-hmm. six, we don't know who Luke is past episode six. So I was just thinking like my brain, my brain tends to. And I love the sequel trilogy. I'm, as we know, I might be the biggest fan in this group. Ben might fight me for that title. But like um, but my mind tends to have like episodes one, two, three, four, five, six in one lobe and then the other lobe is is sequel trilogy right i mean yeah and then you're not wrong in thinking that because that anakin that's essentially anakin's story which is six films yeah like it's essentially all anakin's story it's i mean his arc is the longest and all of that but um when going back to qui-gon i was naive when i first watched these films and i thought to myself oh man qui-gon's wrong qui-gon was wrong (laughs) qui-gon was wrong anakin fell and he would you know he was the bane to the galaxy and and now thinking back i'm like that actually you know you what know, he, he wasn't wrong was right. it just didn't play out it didn't yeah. play out because he died like that, exactly he was right essentially but it just didn't play out so i in my own naive naive thinking i was like oh i you know he was wrong i've got you know i guess i'll have to still figure out for myself what it is to be a jedi because i felt like qui-gon was getting at something but then he got you know obviously he perished and it's it's like, and then it's worked out with Ahsoka later, and then Luke in the last, and the last Jedi does a lot of work to explore what it means it's to separate the Force from the Jedi, which I think is so important and so interesting. Yes, but I, um, think, I, I have to say this: I think you guys just illuminated something that makes so much sense. So there's one word when we when we covered Joseph Campbell and we we reviewed you know all that that I love more than anything. It's called apotheosis, right? And that's <laughs> that's like the ultimate victory. It's when you sort of you you transform from human to god it essentially is like yeah. what it means yeah. higher, higher learning there's almost like a new learned skill or knowledge at that point and transcended right mm-hmm. right you've transcended and now you you essentially receive you know total consciousness well so in that is represented in by death in um in star wars right and then you yes. become one with a force but so we just said you know, Yoda was flawed until he passed away. And then yep. he re- realized the errors in his way. Right. Um, or until he lost. And then, I did, you know, they then you could you could argue like even before he died, it was sort of in that exile. He was able to, con- you know, to meditate and contemplate 
and understand the errors of his ways. Same thing with Obi-Wan Kenobi and then and then Luke Skywalker. But really what happened, it was like in death, they 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 realized their mistakes. And Luke had had made the right decisions, but he still was alive and he still made human. He had human error to disrupt him and his path. And that's what happened in The Last Jedi. But then it was like when he passed away and became like he didn't throw away the lightsaber when yes. Ray threw it into the fire. Right. Like he's he makes amends as he's now has, you yeah. know, co- total consciousness and, and now understands everything that's going on. Qui-Gon, though, Qui-Gon was consciousness. Mm-hmm. Qui-Gon like, knew what was going on. And I think that's what facilitated. He was the one that made um, living people able to commune with people mm. deceased. So he was like, I mean, it makes sense that he would be through that bridge because he was already he there. Already, he was already there. Yeah. Buck wild, right? Interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that, but I love that. I love that. That's totally now my head cannon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> no, so you, just, you just stopped. You just stopped yeah, my mind melted podcast. on that one. It, like, that was amazing. Yeah, That's but apotheosis awesome. is very much it, and then we, they sort of realize because like Yoda, Yoda was definitely flawed. I mean, and and even yeah. Yoda and and dead Obi Wan were like, "Don't go, Luke! Don't go!" And Luke's like, "I got to do it." Yeah, you know, yeah. and and even like obi-wan from a new hope is like well you must do what you think is right of course you know like that's the will of the force and that's also one of my favorite lines in the whole thing and lets him be like okay you know march towards your death we'll see what happens (laughs) we'll let this play out but um yeah so that's pretty awesome and then we had um the the recent episode today was about the actors but it was only about three actors if we're being fair (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh gina carano and pablo pascal and um and uh carl weathers yeah, uh, were there and they didn't talk much about Pablo Pascal, um, but it was this glowing glow about uh, Gina Carano and Carl Weathers, which Can was. I, yeah, let me say something about the the Pedro Pascal part of it, because I was very like I was watching it. And then who said someone referred to working with the Mandalorian and said um, they said working with the actor. Did you notice that? It wasn't work, working with Pedro, it was working with the actor. Right. And I have heard a lot of reports that Pedro Pascal was not on set all that much. And uh, so and so I was a little like my my like sleuthing and my like I'm so smart hat was already on for a second about mm-hmm. like, oh, they're trying to pull a fast one. And then for the next 10 minutes, they talked about the fact that most were, were these body doubles, people trained in gunslinging, people trained in martial yeah. arts. And I really appreciated how much they put it on Front Street that Pedro Pascal for a good part of it was mostly doing voice acting which by the way but he's got it was pretty good amazing. Like, that was amazing. there's no shame yeah. i don't there's no shame in that i don't think that's wrong right? right like like but i just love that they actually talked about that and that was really good of them to yeah. talk about and actually give time to the body doubles to speak to camera and talk about their like how often do you see body doubles in documentaries talking about their experiences right on set? So I was really like, I started getting really like tight about it. And then I was just like, oh, I love this show. It's really nice that they're doing this. I a complete 180 while I was watching it. Yeah, I love that they devoted time to skills that go outside of acting in this episode mm-hmm. where they talked about, hey, there's, you know, the, the, in the Mando suit, there's three people. There's the there's the gunslinger. There's a guy who's actually, you know, a, a kind of a, 
a, a gun expert. Yeah, yeah. And then there's another guy who does capoeira, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's one guy does all the physical stunts, and one guy does all the gunslinging, and it totally looks real when you see the footage that they show you. It's yeah. like when that guy draws his blaster, it looks yeah. like an old cowboy drawing his blaster. When that guy's hanging on a rope and, and being dragged by a blurg or whatever, like he's doing, a, he's staying upright, he's doing all the physical stunt work perfectly. And then they even talk about uh, uh, Gina Carano, who I thought was the standout of this of this episode. Who I agree, just yeah. I. I mean, obviously, if you guys have seen Haywire, she's incredible. The action in that film is incredible. Soderbergh shoots it so well. But um, uh, I just love that they highlighted her fighting career, and they and they really talked about the fact that she's she knows she she knows that she's tough, and she doesn't have to act tough, and it brings a whole new element of realism to that character that you don't yeah. see much in Star Wars. And I was like, oh, this is that's fascinating, and I, I'm going to have to watch all those little those little the body language and all that kind of stuff to really read into that because that's that is really cool. Like that's really cool that they're actually going out of their way to create more realism based on these skill sets to go outside of acting. I think that's so uh, uh, commendable. I love that stuff. Yeah. So that was cool. It really felt like the set was a very, it was all about mentoring and learning and that everyone came in knowing that there are different levels of experience with directing, experience with acting. Like I love Gina Corona's story about like John Favre taking her side being like, watch Carl Weathers, watch what he does. Like this is, right. this is a legend, a living legend right in front of you. And she was appreciative of that. And then there was another scene where she was talking about messing up her lines. And my favorite thing is that like, Carl Weathers was just reading newspaper. He's like, ah, we all do it. And went back to reading his <laughs> newspaper. And she was like, that was the most eye-opening moment for her to be like, Carl Weathers just saying, don't worry about it. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Like, and she was like, well, I guess I'm over that. Yeah. yeah. If, and I, like, if I ever act, I want to act alongside Carl Weathers. Like, that it, sounds like a dream come true for an actor. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And they, and they obviously were like, he was the superstar. Which makes yeah. so much sense. I mean, he commands a room. When he talks, everyone listens. They did a good job of capturing that in a 25-minute, I mean, you know, behind-the-scenes yeah. thing. It's crazy yeah. to think that he was originally supposed to be under a mask. Yeah. Carl Weathers <laughs> supposed to be under a mask yeah, yeah. and only be in two episodes. Like, how, like, how dare he? Can't how, do that. Yeah, can't exactly. cover up that beautiful face. Um, yeah. I, I love that he talked about his character being like Orson Welles or John Houston with this like booming that, voice. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I totally hear that now. Like now when I watch mm-hmm. that show, I'm like, yep, that's John Houston just, you know, speaking from the corner of a room, loudly booming. You know, I, uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, I, I, I hope we get more grief cargo throughout. I hope we can get up season two, season three. I hope yeah. he stays in there. I hope he's on the team. I hope he's part of that, the the ensemble cast that moves forward. Cause yeah. um, I mean, just cause he's so great. And it's, I mean, it's funny. They mentioned in this, he was like, they had to like sort of lure him in. He's like, just a couple scenes for me, Carl, you know, like John. And I, I, yeah. you can't not love John Favreau. Like he's such a sweet guy and like he's just a big kid playing. And like I, I thought he came off very like as a, as a very interesting guy. But then to pull in Carl and he was like, yeah, sure, I'll do this thing. And like then they just had him, you know, then they, they had realized you're so good. You're going to make this series, take the series to another level with just your persona on your acting and your voice. And, um, yeah. And, and I love that they had the flexibility to be like, yep, we're just going to do that. Even though I know, you know, Grant specifically, like, well, our whole pod, we, we, we lament the lack of aliens, like live action mm-hmm. aliens. Yeah, like, I mean, I've been, I've been the biggest Ahsoka proponent for the longest time thinking like that would, I, I would love an alien oh. lead in something, you know, and, and, and we'll talk about this in a second. There's some <laughs> new rumors floating around there, but firstly, just lastly on that, on that cast episode, I loved when, um, Carl Weathers was talking about acting against the Mando or across from the Mando and yeah. how hard it is to read just that helmet. Like you don't have a lot to work with, but based on, I guess, uh, Pedro Pascal's performance, they were able to really key into how they needed to perform in that moment to actually, you know, to feel realistic, like a realistic conversation. So that was really cool to hear all that insight into what it's like to act against, you know, across on the Mandalorian. It's just a guy in a helmet. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, not to be skipped over, there was another great Filoni moment. Like Filoni can't help but mm-hmm. steal all these these things. But he he told this anecdote about the first time he was just directing like a a, a, te- a screen test, so just to see like how these things look. And it was he'd never directed live action before, and he was so humble and was just like, oh. And he even said he was just like John's watching, like even though they're probably best friends, like he obviously coach coach is coach, watching. He called him coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, oh man, like I don't know, and like I just love that he's that humble about his yeah. position, despite how much he knows and the experience he has. He's like, I could just draw this so fast. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, and and you know, and they they talked about how the blocking and the, you know it was really going to be hard with these big rubber suits, and I think that's why you know in the original trilogy they had three or four guys operating, you know, one dude just for the eyes and one dude just for the mouth and stuff to like. Try, you know, it, it takes that many to do it. You can't just throw a guy in a suit and, and expect them to move naturally. Um, but they did mention, you know, one of the, the turning points. And one thing Pablo, Pablo Pascal did bring was like he was able to sit in the booth like they the, the you know, dummy actors that like, couldn't even fit in the booth. But Pablo walked in and just like sat down and he was like, yep. like oh, and, and that was how they ended on it was just sort of like. It, you need actors to sort of bring this thing to fruition because they bring all these intangible things that, you know, most people watching movies don't understand, you know, what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Just just before we jump into that really fun rumor, uh, Mark Hamill has it was glowed about The Mandalorian this week. He had a, yeah. he had a few things to say. He said, uh, I think they have a wonderful advantage on The Mandalorian. Uh, they don't have the burden of delivering a gigantic special effects extravaganza like the films had to do. It sort of gets back to the basics of George, envisioning it as a Western space. It has the tone of Sergio Leone Western. I'm very impressed with it. And to me, a very smart move on their part because you can't keep trying uh, to top. It's like this top the superhero movies uh, that have to deliver these gigantic. Gi- Gantuan epics and with the Mandalorian they can uh, concentrate more on the characters and the storytelling I think that's excellent so that's kind of a long-winded yeah. quote but really really cool that he had uh, he had watched it and he had something to say it's it's an advantage of long-form storytelling in TV versus movies right and I, and that's yeah that's why I think a lot of Star Wars future is on the quote-unquote small screen in, in a yeah. long way and that makes me very very excited for what we get I'll always go for those movies. I'll always be happy and excited and like a little kid. And I'll get that tingle in the back of my neck that I get every time I see the Star Wars crawl go. But but I think a lot of work's going to happen on on TV. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The idea of a Star Wars without a war like that is so fascinating to me. It's like right. it, obviously it carries the brand name of Star Wars, but there's no war going on. This is this is the Mandalorian loud and clear. This is about a singular character traveling yeah. you know traveling through a world with an ensemble cast yeah it's really the first property we don't have star wars attached to it right it's just the mandalorian it is star wars but it's not star right. wars the mandalorian or star wars stories right. the mandalorian it's just the mandalorian right yeah it's interesting i, I, yeah. I think there's more space for so i think i think that's kind of why bob Iger and kathleen kennedy see so much potential in disney plus because you don't have to have the war you can really dive into character pieces yeah. you can really dive yeah. into these intimate journeys with all these people in the galaxy without having them having to report to a war you know like it's just it's such a it's it's more fun i feel like it's it's right. more of a, a, then, a intimate narrative and that's what we're going to get into in, in the next segment we're going to talk about sort of like so all right so now you just have a tv show and it's about a person what are the pillars that you prop this up with that you that you add in to make it a Star Wars story? And yeah. that's that's what our next segment's going to be. Um, we do have some more juicy um, Mandalorian rumors here. Uh, the Katie Sackhoff one seems pretty solid at this yeah. point. Um, we also heard one that 
possibly Ashley Eckstein is attached to this project um, as Ahsoka or her own project. Is that what you heard, Grant? I think Adam had, had dropped that one on us. Oh. Oh, there's just some rumors that there's going to be a standalone Ahsoka live action series, but I don't know how much of that is just, you know, with, with Eckstein attached, Eckstein yeah. attached. I don't know how much of that is just wishful thinking. I, I, all I know is it's a place I've never heard of that referred to as an exclusive and cited no sites or sources. <laughs> right. So do with that what you will. Um, but I don't think that is a, I, this is, this rings of me of a, per, of a website taking a shot. That is a pretty good gamble. I think, I think, Ahsoka's a standout character. I think people are excited to see her in season two of The Mandalorian. And I think watching her story continue in some live action format is not not out of the realm of possibilities. Right. And for those that don't know, Ashley Eckstein is the yes. voice actor who voices um, Ahsoka in both uh, Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, but, and Rise of Skywalker. I have a few oh, questions. Oh, yes, and Rise of Skywalker, yeah. I, I'm wondering, do you think, uh, you know, we know that Ahsoka is coming to the Mandalorian, uh, played by Rosario Dawson, played by Rosario Dawson. Uh, do mm-hmm. we do we think this is do we think her her appearance in the Mandalorian is going to uh, come right before that last uh, that last sequence in the Rebels where you see them, her and uh, Sabine fly off into the unknown regions? Do you think it takes place before that or after that moment? Oh, right, because it is post return that they fly off into the unknown regions that's right i I think it's after that i think it's after they've already done their mission and this is this is gandalf ahsoka we're getting by the way this is yeah 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 gandalf ahsoka yeah i don't think so i remember when we heard this rumor i don't know was it four episodes ago (laughs) listeners check out you can see it it's in our it's in the title but um i was doing some mean wikipedia googling (laughs) when that happened and that happened fairly soon after Return of the Jedi, while this is six years later. So this is definitely after her quest to the unknown regions looking for Ezra. So I'm guessing we're going to see a wizened and grizzled Ahsoka. Like, I feel like she's seen some things in yeah. the past, which makes sense that we have Rosaria Dawson playing. Right, because she was, yeah, she's a little older. She's an amazing actress. Like, yeah. I mean, if anything, this... Ashley Eckstein does an amazing job as um, voicing as a voice actor for Ahsoka, but she's not an actor. And, and like for everything we learned in this last gallery episode, you you gain so much by having a film actor do you know do these parts. And I think that's that's what um, Rosario Dawson is going to do for this. Whether you know Ashley Eckstein gets one as a younger Ahsoka, sort of you know roaming around, going through time portals and stuff um, oh man now that you brought that up Ben, i think it's inevitable i think you're going to get a flashback to young ahsoka fully cg character i was going to say voicing it yeah 100%. Maybe, that might be that might be the thing um but we'll see and like maybe you know because they're into mentorship now we we've learned that about lucasfilm and so it's like you know all right ashley you're you're a fan favorite like why don't we help you make the jump like we're not going to put people in boxes here it's like we want star wars fans and we're all playing you know, yeah. and we, you know, we have confidence in you that you can make the jump to be, you know, so maybe it will be CGI like over her or something um, or but maybe she will actually be mocapped or something. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, she could, you know, we'll see how it goes. So there is some credibility to it. Um, about a year ago, I think it was there was this image that floated around and um, Grant pulled it out of cobwebs or uh, mothballs rather and passed it around and um it is it's kind of 
interesting um, because, I mean, it's it's very well graphically designed and it has a list of the cast for um, for the Mandalorian season two. And it has all the main actors that we've already seen in season one, but it also has some interesting additions. One is Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka Tano. So I don't know, maybe that's that's wrong because we know Rosario Dawson is going to be there. Also, there's also Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano on that. Is and, we, and there's Tamora Morrison on here. I mean, yeah. this, what, what we're looking at right Tamora now. Tamora Morrison is TBA, which is it, sort of it, like that can make sense. Yeah. And this is just a, a list of actors and the roles they're playing with their headshots above. And uh, it looks like it was drafted for Star Wars Celebration or a kind of the, yeah. a, a signing section of, of a, a convention of some sort where you could meet all the actors and whatever, get, uh, you know, your your uh, memorabilia signed and whatnot. But um. Yeah, it's got it's really interesting because it's got Tamora Morrison here. It's got Rosario Dawson here. It it's has got, Katie Sackoff. It's got Katie Sackoff. It's as got Booker. it's got Regina King as Ray Sloan. Oh. And so if you don't could know Ray that Sloan, not, that's not better. Yeah. There could not be better casting. Like Regina yeah. King just exudes that sort of like moral authority. And that character kind of also yeah. it, it's, it's perfect casting. Yeah. Like, I really love that. For cast. those that don't know who Ray Sloan is, she was in the aftermath novel. She was a. a, a a character created in those novels. Um, and she's a Imperial, um, rising star admiral, um, and is sort of the, one of the main antagonists, but she's morally sort of waffling between what she's doing and who she's pursuing. And, you know, she's yeah. eyes through what the, the empire is doing. And it's a very interesting character. And, um, Regina King would be amazing in that position. They also have, um, uh, TJ Romani as Del Mico and, um, uh, Gianna, uh, uh, Gavankar, sorry, I'm massacring her last name is Iden Versio. So those are two characters from Battlefront 2's um, single player storyline. Um, that would be interesting. They're also they they did flip um, allegiances to join the rebellion, so they could be in the rebellion. There's a Harrison Dula there, Vanessa Marshall, um, which would be interesting. I mean, it's sort of it's a callback to a lot yeah. of the characters. So I let me hit on a, a couple there's here a, that I think are also really interesting. Um, okay. Ming-Na Wen is on there as uh, Fennec Shand, right? Right, so that's, um, that's true. We, that, but, that's, but, that's, but we thought she died, right? But, we thought she but, died. But, but why rumors... walk up to the body? Why walk, walk up to the body if there's uh, not a follow-up story? And right? the rumors seem to suggest that she's still alive, which if this is season two would support mm. that, right? Like that right. seems to support. They also have John Favreau as, Paz, as, as uh, uh, was it Paz Vizsla? Paz Vizsla, yeah. Paz Vizsla. Who's dead, right? Who died, I thought, in the Clone Wars. No, I think no, he's, he iron, he's Iron Manning, I think, at the end there. You see him kind of flying in the sky. And That's Paz Vizsla? Like, I need one of those. That's Paz Vizsla. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it's, it's an Iron Man well, homage. I thought we were supposed... I don't know, just because Jon Favreau played that heavy in... Yeah, what you're saying, when he's Iron Manning. But um, but also, he was probably one of the ones that gave up his gear. So he we would see him as a civilian, not as a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm which would be an interesting thing. And I, I think that they're due to do that. Cause like, I mean, he was betrayed by his whole, I want to say tribe, but tribe's not right. I forget what they, they the, yeah. the, the, the collective of Mandalorian, like his clan all abandoned ship. They were just like, no, we're out, you know, gave up all their armor and left other than the armor, which is yeah. like, so that's an interesting, that would be interesting. And I mean, Paz Vizsla is a character that was created by, um, by Filoni uh, in Rebels, Clone Wars, Clone Wars, Clone Wars, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Well, 
So, so I don't know if it's the same character. Yeah. If that's what we're supposed to believe that what that heavy was in um, in the Mandalorian, um, but that could be that's an interesting thing there. Um, but it's pretty interesting. Maybe we should float this thing on Instagram or something because sure. It's just uh, yeah. It's so pretty, there's pre Vizsla is the character in the Clone Wars. This is what was driving me nuts. Pre Vizsla uh, yes. is the character in the Clone Wars played by John, voiced by John Favreau. So that's what was drawing. That's why I was getting so wrong. he's his must be uh, okay. So that's the thing. All right. Yeah. Because I was wondering if there were going to be uh, flashbacks, but that makes sense. The other thing that's on here that's worth mentioning for everyone except Adam, because this is a real Sophie's choice for me, <laughs> is that Simon Pegg, who I love, playing Dengar, who I hate. And I just don't know how to feel about that. A, a Rothgar Deng story. A Rothgar Deng. If it story. leads us towards Rothgar Deng, Deng, I'm okay with it. Right, because he's gonna have to go into a wood chipper or something. Uh, there's also a Bosk on there. Um, D. Bradley Baker is Bosk. That would be pretty I mean, amazing. I'm dying to see Bosk live action. Yeah, yeah, me too. And there's We've also Trend Oceans in season one, so they yeah. will, they're willing to do it. Yeah, and that seemed to work out all right. I mean, getting a boss would be amazing. Um, and then actually, uh, someone I can't remember, they, they have a Chelly Alona Afra on here. And we've been talking a lot about a potential Afra series, maybe, uh, or a feature film by Taika Watiti. Um, but they have the character playing um, that as uh, Chloe Bennett, who maybe I was the one that. <laughs> <laughs> who you possibly yeah. predicted two episodes ago. Uh, when I saw this, I was like, Ben, is this where you got that casting yeah. ropes? Probably was. Probably was in like, the back of my mind. Yeah. I, yeah. Sadly, I just Googled. Mine like, was off the top. I was just like, this is, this is, this is who I want. Yeah. Um, and mine was like, like what have I watched recently? <laughs> going back to the possibility of an Ahsoka series, like, do we think she's going to have a Padawan in that? Do you think it could be Baby Yoda? Do you think it'd be like Jason Sindula? Do you think that's like, there's mm. a series that you could build out of that? And then at the same time, um, uh, I'm just wondering myself, what would be really poetic is if I know Filoni's probably going to return to Ahsoka's story at some point, possibly in a, a follow-up season of, of Rebels. But um, uh, it, it would be really interesting if when Palpatine's son escapes or strand class clone or whatever, <laughs> whatever he yeah. is, when he escapes, I think like there's something poetic about him coming across Ahsoka and Ahsoka getting him out of that situation that I would, I would think would make great, a great narrative. thrust. that would be be beautiful and really tie it all together, tie everything together in a really beautiful way. Cause only this character was able to like learn all these things and leave the order to do this one thing later in this kind of web of fate. Like that would be really, really cool. There is so much time to cover between, the Mandalorian and episode nine. So there's so much storytelling that's available to uh, Ahsoka. And the, if you remember the Ray Carson novelization, episode nine made it very clear that all the voices that Ray heard at the end are not necessarily one with the force and dead. So right. you can do whatever oh, you want. Yeah. With Ahsoka. It seems suspic- specifically for, yeah. Um, Ahsoka Tano alone. Yeah. Uh, my personal yeah, guys, thing. No one's but, ever really gone. Yeah. No one's ever <laughs> really gone. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Um, For me, I actually I feel like, you know, Ahsoka has gone through this. She's she's going to be the one creating the new Jedi doctrine, like the new world. That's I'm dead set on that. Um, And I think she would probably reject the Padawan system being like, no, that's the old way. That's the old way. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then she meets the child and she's like. I have to mentor this. Jeff. Yeah, I have to be their master. You know, that's, I, I would watch that show. I think everyone would way. watch that show. I think everyone would watch it. People would yeah. watch that because yeah. we know all the kids in the temple were kind of 
part of Yoda's clan, right? Like all like that's what we see yeah. in all the so like I could so see it. We might actually get some. What I would Yoda some, do, Ahsoka? You know, I wonder if we get some maybe in season three, some Frank Oz Yoda flashbacks, right? Of Ahsoka thinking back to her being a youngling under Yoda's tutelage. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, that would be fantastic. I would love that idea. And I think that'd be really funny considering we've been complaining about there being no alien leads for the longest time and you get an Ahsoka Baby Yoda series. Like that would be (laughs) incredible. That would be so fulfilling. But I I gotta go back to the idea that it's like she might play a role that's more similar to Gandalf than we think, wherein like what if she is the reason Ray is allowed to exist in the first place? Like, what if she helps Palpatine's son escape and, like, does yeah. you, uh, you shall not pass and basically, like, <laughs> falls to, like, save the son? Like, honestly, like, to, to create this whole new path. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. I think well, Star Wars borrows a lot from past material. Wouldn't that be a nice little tone poem if we go by Filoni's reasoning about like the fact that totally that's what by, I'm yeah by Qui Gon dying it kind of sets this whole thing up but Ahsoka knows that she has to sacrifice herself to end the whole thing and totally. her yeah. vision is right she sacrifices that's herself it, it puts that's everything it. into motion that finally destroys right. the Emperor that's interesting it. that'd yeah. be amazing <laughs> oh, I'd cry so hard <laughs> that's Hopefully. just a guess guys that's just speculation. Yeah. I know. I hope we're not uh, boosting this season up too much, but I can't see how it's going to be anything other than the I, best thing I've ever watched with my eyes. I still can't believe how much season one, ex, ex, you know, went way past my expectations. So I have no problem right. setting higher expectations for season two. I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how many of these characters and act. I mean, suddenly, you know, we went from like unknowns with like Bill Burr's character and these like randos, which I really liked because I love making the galaxy bigger mm-hmm. uh, to now incorporating um like a lot of major stars like suddenly now we're getting dengar i loved what you said earlier grant at the beginning of the segment which is like you know now we're getting into the tier 1a um, that was adam that bounty was adam. hunters i won't take credit for that that was adam it, it, it was okay. it was literally my dreams but whatever <laughs> right but it, or maybe you elaborated on it and that's when i heard it so uh, oh, you all even now he's like yeah yeah i know you said it but grant made it better awesome yeah, yeah. this is great Thanks, guys. I wasn't paying attention until Grant started talking. <laughs> That's fair. No. So what Adam said, yeah. But what both of you said was uh, uh, it makes a lot of sense. I'd love to see them sort of go up another another level there. And now we're getting yeah. Dengar and we're getting Bosk and we're getting Boba Fett. And like, why not throw in Forlom and Zuckus? Like that. Hey, that's, you know, we got a full house there. Um, all, all the characters. We might get some, we might get some Shriv, too, which I saw on that casting report. But really, I didn't see a shrimp on there. I, I didn't send that. There was another piece to that poster. Yeah, I don't but think there's I a Hondo Asako Asako. Hondo, yeah, there's okay. Hondo Anaka as well. Anaka. Yeah. Yeah. Sindula, So Hera's uh, Hera's dad. That'd have to be a flashback, though, right? Oh, no. I'm wondering if we're going to get some flashbacks now. Yeah. Oh, there's a Sabine Wren. Um, Taya Sarkar uh, as Sabine Wren. That would be I mean, that's another Mandalorian. I'd love to see. I mean, Bo-Katan, Sabine Wren. Boba Fett and you know that that's a pretty formidable Mandalorian force there of of popular characters why not go for it you know why not just bring them all in um, yeah so yeah a lot of a lot of juicy stuff here love the direction that um, they're going in with this series feel like it's in great hands so um future's bright future's bright with us this is the way this is, this the, is the way a long time ago in a galaxy far far away a great adventure took place. Here's a of Star Wars. 
All right, welcome to our first episode in our Pillars of Star Wars series. Uh, this is entitled The DNA of Star Wars. It's basically a lead-up episode where we're basically going to just list out all these building blocks and concepts that we think, you know, when stirred together, create the wondrous galaxy of, of Star Wars. And so it's like, I just want to dive into all the elements. We're going to go broad. I think we're just going to do bait, like overarching concepts and not so much. Like if we're going to, if we're using, using film as an example, we're not going to do separate samurais and westerns right now we're just going to say classic films like obviously classic films are a super important part of star wars and star wars's history and that's kind of how macro we're going to be just listing these things out but what's fun about this is all these ideas are possible future episodes so like when we list something like we're going to break it try to break it down or or, or at least figure out what its essence is and figure out what that uh, that episode title is going to be so everything we're going to list right now is a possible episode so i think that's super fun um and uh, we're going to record it all, right, Adam, at this point? Yeah. Yeah, so my plan, I'm the official Cor- Coral News hollow note taker. <laughs> hollow notes. Uh, hollow notes. I'm going to take the notes on this and kind of like as it's a living document. So I'm going to write this down as we're coming up with these tenants or the DNA, the structure of the DNA. And by the end of this episode, hopefully we have kind of what we see as the major tenants. And as Grant said, they're going to be kind of overarching, right? We're not we're going to get more specific as we do future episodes. And my hope is or my plan is, I should say, hope sounds so effusive. But my my, my plan yeah, is Star Wars is all about hope. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'll go with hope. My hope is exactly is I'm going to uh, release this document on Twitter and Instagram and all the places so you can see as it grows. And and I'm going to try to make it look pretty, pretty cool as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is so this is something that I've been thinking up for a long time. Um, but it's just sort of like if if you're a director and you're walking into Star Wars and you're going to create a Star Wars, uh, you know, whether it be uh you know, a show, an animated series, a movie or whatever, what are the things you need to have in it? What are the concepts that you need to have in this to make it Star Wars? You know, and we know like Filoni and Kathleen Kennedy are very much and the, the whole story group with Pablo Hidalgo, like they're the shepherds of this for Lucasfilm. But, you know, these are concepts that we all know and understand because we all love Star Wars um, and you too. And what a, you know, what do what does it take, you know, to be in there? And and because I think it's only a, a handful of things, really. And um and and this will be a good jumping off point for you know episodes we can talk about later on because you can drill down way far. We want to have like a episode about speeders, just like you know what yeah. <laughs> what, what makes great speeders in Star Wars. What you know what are great landscapes and stuff. Yeah, so. we're gonna go from very overarching to very specific over the course of probably this summer and years to come. Um, and but we will separate like alien species, you know, and monsters and things. We'll really yeah. dive into yeah. you know the different, the little minutia that it does make a difference in certain areas as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think our plan, right, is to do this kind of similar to what we did two episodes ago when we did our pitch for episode ten, which turned into our perfect pitch for the next tr- uh, trilogy. Uh, that will I think we'll do round robin. One of us will name a thing, discuss it a little bit. We'll kick it back and forth. And so you'll see it actually this document kind of growing in real time as you're listening to us as we're trying to kick it around. It's really just a brainstorming, almost a writer room type of situation. Yeah. And in future episodes, I think we're going to refer back to this all the time. Um, mm-hmm. so this, is, this is an important one. Uh, wh- who wants to start it off? Not it. I'll just I'll jump in and just say we've already covered this on the podcast, but just heroics and the hero's journey and 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 that topic because I think that's just so core to the concept of Star Wars. Yeah, I, I would say specifically the 
the hero's journey. I mean, so we, right. you know, we, we, we read the hero's journey. We discussed it in, in reference to, you kind of have to just say that, you know, by default, you have to just get yes. it obligatory. Right. And, and the hero's <laughs> journey there, was created by Joseph Hart. Yeah. Right. I mean, for those who don't know, hero's journey was, uh, you know, created by Joseph Campbell his major influence. I mean, this is what took a good idea that Jerks Lucas had and made it a transcendent idea. This is, you know, Joseph Campbell's book that, you know, there's really if you can cross reference every hero and myth story that's ever happened across every culture. And they have these fundamental tenets within them um, about how a hero like the process that a hero goes through. Um, and that's that's definitely has to be yeah. has to be touched on. So yeah. that's some good low hanging fruit right there. Love it. Yeah. Um, so we'll just bypass that one. And uh, I'll start oh, again. Are you going for a twofer? You're like, that's uh, not mine. That's just you the go, general ben. one. When do you guys go? You guys go. I was no, thinking, don't yes, stop. Don't you that. guys did your homework and I didn't. So stop stealing the low hanging fruit. <laughs> All right, Adam. Adam, why don't you go again? All right. There's some, there's still I, some fruit there that's lush and ripe. I will go. And it's one. And I'd be interesting to hear. I always this is you can tell I'm a professor because I just don't say what I think. I, I preface it and I completely pull it apart. But. What I we talked about this before, but I think that Star Wars is referential, and um, we can we can break that apart into subcategories, or we can even split it apart into major tenets. But I think Star Wars needs to reference other movies, the world at large, and history. Do we want to split those into separate tenets, or just want to say I it's referential? Because I think I disagree, be, but continue. I think we're going to be referential throughout every episode. I think everything is we're going to derive references in every single episode. And I, some, I think you separate, you know, politics and film, but, you know, classic films. Like we're going to do different episodes yeah. covering the references. But we still can. But here's my thing: is George Lucas, I think, when he was creating Star Wars, referred to the Vietnam War referred to Kurosawa, Kurosawa films. Like, I think, and if you look at, like, episode three, he's referencing I, the war in Iraq and George Bush. Like, I feel like this idea that we don't see in things like Flash Gordon or um, other other kind of space operas of the time is that it doesn't call back to us, like, our history culturally I, and historically. Yeah, right. I, I would, well, I'd like to break this up into two... So I think that's things. I think that episode's important references. I think what you're talking about is like the most important references Star Wars has made. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's and I I definitely want to do that episode. That's the episode I want to do. Yeah, probably the most. That, it, yeah, we actually you already have yeah. it conquered. But but I I think it's you want to split would, into two. Let's start. Let's say if we split it in two because I have one tenant called honor what came before, but I, I wrote that more as in Star Wars. So I think it's in Star Wars and outside of Star Wars. So you yes, need to I like that. Okay. you need to honor like essentially canon i mean if you wanted to really be really der derivative but like you need to understand all of the body that came before whatever time period you are writing in um and yeah. within the star wars universe and you need to tie into it and reference it and make that real but also and then there's the references outside of star wars which is like mm -hmm. that's the the poli sci the political climate and also yeah. the artistic you know, like artistic things that came out that's where you could do it into three is like well there's the real life and then there's the creative like artistic life and, and and you know the art that's out there that you're referencing as well so how about what came before and what came outside okay. as art too okay that's right. because art that, definitely defined is defined by the time it's you know created in but also star wars is uh, has references for ancient you know religions and ancient 
cultural stories and all these kinds yeah. of things that Campbell brought to the table that yep. George was fascinated by. And also Star Wars references, you know, uh, uh, it, it reference it's self-reflexive. It re- references itself now. Like, yeah, this is something that's super important to Star Wars. And I feel like I, I argue that you probably don't have to do all this. You don't have to make all these references in Star Wars. You can you can make a wholly organic, you know, natural narrative of your own making if you want to. But obviously your subjects and conditioning and you have your own references built in. But I, I feel like um, I feel like there's there's also those ancient references like the Bible and the Torah yeah. and all these religious so, texts. And I, I, I would call it let's do it to internal yeah. Star Wars and external Star Wars. Right. So like in 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 galaxy and out of galaxy, I think is, is as broad strokes as we could as we can do it. How point. about yeah, in galaxy references out gal out of galaxy references. Yeah, so yeah. Th- I think one thing I think we need to, and this is just we're doing this live on air. Um, like if we talk about like out of galaxy references, which would include history, uh, religion, movies, I think we have to let go of the fact that when we cover like hero's journey, I don't think that's just one episode. I think what we're gonna get to is we're gonna take an episode and Bear with me, guys, and let me think and split apart Hero's Journey into even subcategories. And then each yeah. of those subcategories actually gets its own episode. Like, I think it's Wait, we're gonna not going to do all 17 stages again. Right. <laughs> I think it's I think it's 12. But yeah. 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 Come on. <laughs> oh, Grant, trust you, me. Uh, there are 17. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah break but, it apart from there. So yeah. that's why I like having out of galaxy. And then we talk about there are historical right. references and all these references. And then we spend a single episode on all the historical references, all the religious references, all yeah. of the movie references and so on. So, okay. Right. So I'm going to do but in galaxy references, out of galaxy references. Love it. Right. Um, cool. All right. Uh, my turn. Um, I'm going to go the one that's my personal favorite, um, which is ensemble cast. And um, mm. this was, I, 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 George didn't create this idea. I'm pretty sure. It's a tie, I think, between Wizard of Oz and Seven Samurai. Actually, I think Wizard of Oz was influenced by Seven Samurai for what the or two earliest movies mm. that used ensemble casts. And I credit um, Kurosawa for that. Um, but it is my favorite thing. You can't even begin to count all of the movies that have been made that use the ensemble cast trope. Um, it's just it, it brings me joy. You have this disparate group of people, different class, color, race, species, you know, and, and speciality that come together and are stronger as a whole instead of their parts. And it's it's my favorite thing. And I think it's it's core to Star Wars. And um, I, I think that's something you need to do. A hundred percent. We have not seen a, a Star Wars movie to date that does not have an ensemble cast. Right. right. And, and the Mandalorian, which we just talked a lot about, is really taking its time because yeah. it's like it's it's foundation was it was just one person. And that's what I love. By the end of this, we kind of we've got, you know, Cara, yeah. Cara Dune and, and the Mandalorian and the child and Grief Karga and, and, and IG-11. And right. Like, like we have a we have an ensemble by. Yeah. 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 So, some don't make it through to season two, but we have an ensemble by seven, we have a pretty cool seven. ensemble. Yeah, right now. Um, so that that's one uh, that I, I think is on, on inarguable. Yeah. Worlds, alien worlds. Distant right. Planets. Right. That needs to be an episode. That's my next one. That's what I'm going to. Oh, all right. Out. Yeah. You can't you can't have a Star Wars film movie on no. one planet. I, I just don't think they, you know, we might see something close is to that. Is that just world Obi-Wan. building though? Is that world? I mean, no, how about world ro- broaden hopping. that out? World hopping. Okay. I like well, that. What are, you thought, what are your thoughts about that? 
what like, about Obi Wan Kenobi series? Like, we might just be on Tatooine, but it's at least going to reference it, other worlds. That right? may break it, right? We don't, but it's not part of Star Wars yet, right? Like, but up until today, you know, May fifteenth, twenty twenty, world. All of our, all of our films have been like world, alien worlds. Well, what if we just did locations, essentially, multiple no. locations? I, I like we're, that, yeah. that's too general because, like, I mean, obviously, every movie is going to multiple look. I mean, yeah, it's not a can't play. be too sterile. Either. Can't be it's a one room to, play. Yeah. That's not a Star Wars, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's yeah. I mean, it it the reason it's intergalactic. That's what makes it cool. You're going to see different worlds and different landscapes and all this different stuff. And that's that's good. That, to you can essentially call that episode the galaxy. The galaxy. Yeah. So it needs to include the galaxy. Well, world hopping like the galaxy the at large. Yeah, I mean, you need to reference the galaxy and 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 interact with the galaxy somehow. You know, like maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi never leaves Tatooine, but we're going to see creatures from other places. We're going to see probably the Empire that's going to have its reach. You, you, we're not just going to look at in the dusty ruins of Tatooine yeah. for a whole series. It, it, it's almost like you could do that episode in an anthropology episode. As well. Like You could almost do all the worlds and cultures in the anthropology series, but like, I don't know. Like a yeah. civilizations of Star Wars. Like, I don't know. There's a yeah. lot you could break it. You could do different categories. Right. But I think worlds is kind of where I land, like alien worlds. Okay. Yeah. I dig that. I think, I think let's stick with alien worlds and then we can break it apart to what we mean by that. Like going right. to like multiple like civilizations. So I think that's good for, for a large, yeah, a large one. So. I want again all of mine. I need help with because A, I didn't do my my homework, and and B, I overthink everything. But a word that's been like jumping around in my brain since we talked about tenets of Star Wars, pillars of Star Wars, DNA of Star Wars is swashbuckling. Love I it. think Star Wars are, is a Star Wars story is a is a story that has swashbuckling in it. And I googled what swashbuckling means, and I'm going to read Thank the definition. You. Engaged in daring and romantic adventures with uh, ostentatious bravado and flamboyance. Totally. Yeah. I think everything in Star Wars has some element of swashbuckling in it. <laughs> that's such a 100%. funny. That's such a funny one. I didn't have it in my list, but you're you're right. Like, All right. I, I love that because you could do like grand adventure, high adventure, like mm -hmm. swashbuckling for that episode title. But swashbuckling is such a fun title. And I don't think anyone's really, you know, done the deep dive on that. Like really dived into who's been the most swashbuckling at certain times, which was I, right now I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, that is something we could highlight and it could be really fun. Talking so about who's like Poe and Han and these kind of characters that you feel like are really and let me I'll give you my justification for this. The moment in A New Hope when Luke shoots his little rope <laughs> yeah, thing 100%. and swings across with Leia is yeah. swashbuckling. 100%. Literally, it's Errol Flynn. Oh, it's perilous. It's, of course. It's, it's swashbuckling. Like, totally George Lucas. It's perilous has, with a kind yeah. of light tone. That's like We right. get yeah. in episode <laughs> six, we get Chewbacca swinging. Like, there's a lot of swinging in Star Wars, which well, I didn't want to say like, Swinging, because yeah, that could be a different a lot of things. The swinging sixties—that's a different fake. episode. But I yeah. think swashbuckling. I'm going to go swashbuckling. Yeah, that, I love uh, that. that's a great one, man. That's a great one. That's great. Right, oh, I, re I really like that one, Adam. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, this Ever is actually so good that you're thinking on your feet here. I think that's going to add more <laughs> to like you know expand ours a little bit. Um, I'm going to grab another low hanging fruit here, uh, influenced by the Force. You need the Force. Yeah. 
somehow in this. And I, I'm actually now I'm thinking about solo because that's one of the least force influence things. But we've we've talked largely about it. Han Solo. Like Han Solo, like he's this has this funny irony where he's like, the force is never, you know, I've, I've you travel from one end of the galaxy to the next and, the, and I've never seen anything, but it's like, he is singularly guided by the force. <laughs> yeah, he might be like, more connected to the web of fate. That is the force exactly. more than any character than anything, right. in Star Wars. Right. I uh, love this. I think the force is a role, whether it's, it's, it's forward and in front or behind. And also I think you're onto something because I think the filmmakers know this as well, because there are two things I'm thinking of one in solo we do see an exposition of the force, which is maybe my least favorite moment in solo. But if your thought is the force has to be in star Wars, of course you put Maul in there force pulling his saber to him. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give it a go. And then the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, I really had a thought when that, when that show was coming out, there'd be no force in it. Yeah. And then it's so force centric when you actually look at it. So I think, yes, the force Although there's a lot of people who who have said they would like to see a movie without lightsabers in the force. I don't think you can necessarily do that, even if it's like you guys said, being influenced by the force, being unnaturally lucky. I mean, for the most part, Solo was without the force and lightsabers. I mean, you can't put like the last scene in the movie and be like, there was force there. Like the force was in that movie. Like you need yes. it in, in, in the right way. And you can I think that proved you can do it without uh, lightsabers, without a Jedi. Yes, I have I a really good guys, feeling about I told this. you guys, I was right. working on kind of an RPG system a long time ago where I was like, how could you give like force a little a force power to everybody yes. in some sort of way? I think there's people that are fortunate, fortunate with the force, which is Lock, yeah. solo. Yeah. And it's yeah. people gifted with the force who are like slicers, like a DJ or someone who's just like or Anakin building droids in terms of like or so, yeah. tech, technically savvy. And then um, and then also and sensitive to the force, which is the sensitive to the force, which is those who are like, you know, on the hero's journey. And it, the force is a major component of their faith and belief. You know, yeah. like that's I think those are the three types of connections to the force. And I think it just like I said, it's a web. It's a web. Everyone's connected to this this web of faith that is the force. It's unknowable. You know, uh, it has it's I don't know. I just feel like it's magic. Yeah. That episode's magic, right? It's great. It's mysterious and unknowable. And yeah. that's that's kind of something I feel like we should bring up in the right. episode. But I, I, yeah. yeah, I was 100 percent going to steal your fortunate with the force because that has become he headcanon for me because I've nice. always I've always thought that Han Solo has some connection to the force, but I couldn't articulate what it was. And you, I think we're probably maybe doing our, our, maybe it was our core world news retreat during the yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and you had mentioned that and like, that's literally wormed its way into my brain as like, that's a thing now. And I was going to say that, but I'm like, a, I don't want to steal your thunder and B, I didn't want to say that in case someone steals it and uses it because stop saying that on the podcast <laughs> before someone steals Dude, it. That is it's the amazing. RPG system. That is the, yes. system, I feel yeah. like I can't think of a better system. Um, is it my turn or is it Ben's turn? I just, I was ben just said the force. I'll say mentors. Yes. I'll say an entire episode on teachers for you, Adam. This will be. This is my tribute to you. We are doing mentors. That's 100% doing mentors. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Teachers. Episode, yeah. Here's yeah. a spoiler. Episode eight, the mentor is failure. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy, uh, Essentially, essentially. I mean, that was like a dadaist. I'm going to use Star Wars to uh, tote all these messages of failure and resiliency. And I, right. I failure the at the same time. Is. At the same time, I it was, it was deflating at times. And I, <laughs> I, I love that movie, but... 
it hurts sometimes. It was challenging. I, I, I'm glad that it's like a hard movie. It's a Russian. It was. It's a Russian novel. That's how, really how I framed that movie in my mind. It's just like a tough movie. For me. I. But yes, I love. I love mentors. Yes, I think you are 100 percent onto it. I mean, think of like the first. You know, what's interesting is like every every movie, every first movie in a trilogy in Star Wars has the mentor character, right? We get Qui-Gon immediately. We get Obi-Wan immediately. We get Han Solo, not necessarily immediately, but pretty soon. Tobias Beckett. And what about what about Rogue One? Who's the mentor there? Well, uh, it's there. Sagarera. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yes. And her father to a degree. Yeah. And, yeah, and even Cassie and Andor to, and Cassie, to yeah, someone. Yeah. yeah. But I, I agree. I think mentors are really a big part of it. Yeah. And even the, the relationship between director Krennic and Galen Erso is interesting. They, they were really more brothers than father son, but mm-hmm. I mean, Krennic sort of mentored Galen and Erso into the, you know, into political life and, and the empire. And, and they had an interesting relationship there, which really only takes place in kept the book catalyst. But um, but there's there's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's a good one. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right. I'm not actually going to do the whole preamble. I'm going to say true villains. OK, so I think Star Wars, as much as it likes to dabble in gray areas at times, most movie, all the movies has at some point a true villain. Oh, Star and, Wars is the purest illustration. Yeah. Yeah. And I would even say, like, the reason why I'm hedging my bets is, like, episode eight, maybe the grayest, still has 100%, Snoke. 100%. Snoke is, like, your mustache-twirling yeah. villain. Like, there is a clear, this is the bad guy. There are other things going on under it. But I know I, Ben is, like, stroking his beard and keeps mm-hmm. trying to jump in. Go ahead. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Isn't it great now that we can see each I other? Love, we do I this? love we're doing video. So I, I would go more broad than this and mm-hmm. say good versus evil. Which is okay. like, there, I like there's, that. Yeah, there's, you know, like p- pure good and pure evil. Like it, it, it's a very basic concept, but it, it, yeah. it's missing from a lot of movies. But yes, there's a good 100%. versus evil because that's... there's true good guys as well. Right. And there's there's middling people like Grief Karga is like, well, is middling, he good or is he yeah. bad? But which... but I mean, he has to choose right which path he goes down. And you're either ultimately that's what we've learned. There's no yeah. great that I you're either choosing the good path or you're choosing the I dark. I think that's part of why Star Wars goes down easy is there is a true good and a true bad in every film. There's right. debate and discussion, but at the end of the day. Right. And sometimes you're your own worst enemy. Like with Ray was worried about being her own worst enemy. Right. Luke was his own worst enemy, you know, in episode eight like that, you know, that that happens. But you have to, you know, you have to and part of my argument would be that that's why the sequel trilogy, I think, does this, but is perhaps part of why it's it's so hotly debated other than just being of the time of the Internet age is it plays with those tropes a little bit. I think it still comes back to it at the end, but yeah. because it plays with it, I think that's part of why it's so hard to consume um, at times for everyone. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah, I, I like good versus evil. I think that works mm-hmm. perfectly for what we're doing. It I is think that's only a, it's only a few characters, and it's it's a, it's a fun episode because I love what they're doing with the good characters now in terms of Ahsoka and you know separating like Ahsoka and Luke, uh, is older Luke we see from like Yoda and 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 the the other Jedi of the past and, and the different ideologies. I feel like 
the good characters are going to be fun to discuss. But it's, in terms of a lawful evil, like <laughs> we only have really, you know, the one yep. major lawful right. evil yeah. character. That's I what's, mean, uh, I guess, I guess. I, I don't know. Grievous we'll was lawful I, evil. Like, yeah, I, Dooku seemed like he was chaotic evil. Also, like, you have broken the code, Grant, because when we do this episode, we're 100 <laughs> percent going to use the nine <laughs> tile Dungeons and Dragons. Lawful good lawful doesn't work. Chaos. Lawful good, yeah, yeah. or at least optically, like Jedi, you can't create the optics of like these grand temples and these Jedi robes and this moral authority. You can't optically be lawful good. You just have to be lawful, lawful good, like Ahsoka and yeah. Um, but I think I think actually episode three is what kind of actually put me onto this, which is like there are heroes on both sides. Yeah, it's one of my favorite lines in all of the crawls because I'm just like. Also, I think after two episodes ago in this episode, I've settled on that the crawl in episode three might be my favorite crawl of all time. <laughs> but um, there's heroes on both sides is one of those moments where I'm it's like, incredible. It's incredible. What does that mean? Are I there? mean. It's just perplexing immediately. And I think yeah. that's the best, the best sort of crawl. Yeah. You're just like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and then happening? you miss the next three paragraphs and you're like, wait, oh, darn. <laughs> All right. I think uh, that Ben? Does, no, yeah. Grant. Um, Who's that Ben? It's, it's me. Ben. Um, I kind of, so this is one that kind of ties into yours and it's almost two, but I, I want to tie it into the same one. Yeah. And um, I, I want, um, Honor what came before, and this is strictly within galaxy. Honor what came before, presage what comes after. And so it's like you need to honor the canon and what happened before, but you also need to make the world bigger and and create a larger galaxy um, after your after this, the episode was made. Preserving canon, I but but exp preserving expand. and expanding. Preserving and expanding. I love that. Ben, I love that. We should keep it. But I'm going to push back a little bit. I think that sure. means we should get rid of in-galaxy references then. I feel like that covers Extra in -galaxy galaxy references. Extra-galaxy references, yeah. In, in a beautiful way. Like, I love this. So I'm going to delete in-galaxy references. Yeah. Keep out-of-galaxy references. But I love this honor what came before, presage what came after. That is poetry. Well done. That's, I worked hard on that one, so nice. Grant? I'll say battles in the stars, space battles. This week. can we, we just call that Star Wars? Wars? We can Star Wars, Star Wars, Wars, Wars in the stars, in the stars. Wars, Wars in the stars. In yeah. the stars is what I'm writing. And this we can cover all the ships in this thing. In yeah. This one. yeah, I mean, again, I don't know what we're gonna get in the Obi Wan series. Like, yeah, I mean, technically, it's near a star, and there'll be wars, I'm sure. But, um, but yes, it, it feels vital. Like even Mandalorian, no, that, I mean, just, had, a star had, like, fighter, star just a starfighter, starfighter landing, I, I would say counts. Like in terms yeah. of like this, how broad I'm trying to go here with right. covering spaceships, space right. battles. I guess yeah. maybe that's. I have that's to. just in I space. Maybe right. that's just in space though. Like because these no. are just modes of transportation in space. We can hyperlink. No, I mean because it's about it's about wars. It's it's about war, and even if it's like a war between. Um, factions of criminal enterprises or something like it, it that's that's a star war right it, you know it, there's a lot of different conflicts there's between pirates it can be between um factions on the same planet is technically a star war because it's in the galaxy in the frame you know reference of the full galaxy star battles how about that because that's essentially I, it doesn't have to frame it i'm sticking space, i like, you guys i think star I wars been... seems pretty crucial all right star I wars have, i have <laughs> the power of having word open right now and i have not touched 
Wars in the Stars. Okay, okay that's great. And I All refuse right, to touch that. <laughs> yeah, that's that does seem to be fairly fundamental to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I yes, it's great. Yes, Wars in the Stars. Like speeders and skiffs and yeah. all of it. Yeah. All of right. boats at this point. Right. Yeah, I love it. Okay, perfect. All right, so my probably last one because this is the one last one that popped in my brain, but we'll see if I come again. And this is. This references Wizard of Oz. I'm actually pre-referencing my reference, which is going to downplay it. But I, there's a reason I did this. And it's Alien Monsters Droids Oh My. Okay. For me, I separate aliens, monsters, and droids. Like, I, I, I want yeah. them separate. I don't. I think they're all alien and weird and different from our world, right? Like, we okay. live in a world that doesn't have aliens, doesn't have monsters, doesn't, have, doesn't droids. have droids. And so I feel like it's this it's this external weirdness. And I don't know what better word for it. So that's why I went with Wizard of Oz. That's, that's open because I, I was definitely going to do a droids one and like an aliens one. And I mean, we could we could lump them together and then parse them later. I think we'll parse them later, but I think they all fall together in a single category. It's like I just almost want to say like alien because they're yeah. all alien to our world. But I don't want to just because because Star Wars talks about there's aliens and there's monsters. Droids, they... are, droids are vital. Like artificial intelligence is vital. Yeah. What if, you, what if you just did aliens as aliens and monsters and then you did the machine or something like that as and then droids technology, droids, <laughs> everything that has to do with the, the technology yeah. of the, I mean, in the world building. Of Star Wars. I won't fight you on that, but I I feel like they're all part and parcel of the same. No, they thing, are. I love where you're going with it because it's like, yeah, it's nailing yeah. that kind of you know, Henson, like, lab, like every, everything of that time kind of felt like it was yeah, otherworldly characters. Yeah. This is the, this Stop is the supporting my argument, Grant. Because yeah, right, yeah. Because they're all kind of like the same type of special effects. Like, I all I think about is like Return of the Jedi, where it's all just like Muppets and puppets and, and stop animation oh. and all that stuff. And like, I, I'm not I'm not like to the point where I'm like, I, I have to win this. But I feel kind of strongly about no, putting. No, it's actually it. really good. I think you're, it's I think really it's good, Adam. Good. I'm on your team on this. I think for our purposes today, this is perfect. And then, but yeah. certainly in later episodes, we're going to split these up and talk about them. It is a. I will re. I will say it again. It's a living document. Right. We, and we what we do later. And yeah. apart, but let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm actually. You know what? No, I'm being like whatever and like nice no, and ever. I am putting my <laughs> flag in the ground. I want these three together. We can fight later. All right. It's, All that's right. that's really great, man. That's really great. Um. Yeah, that you did that very adroitly. I was, I was just trying to figure out how to like sort of like. I'm like, it's that's. I don't want to get that nitty gritty right now. And you did it perfectly. Um. I do have one though, that. Uh, I don't know how to to verbalize it perfectly, but it needs to be in there. The characters, there needs to be a reference to family. There needs to be, mm, yeah, f- uh, like familial sort of connections, familial connections. But but it, even if it's like not blood relations, you right. know, it like but like that, it's that um that legacy piece that they were talking about. I think it is fundamental to this. Something about the father and the son, the mother, the daughter, the the parents. You know, these are something that makes it relative to humanity. To like, you know, this is what makes it pop culture, right? Like, I can relate to this character because I, you know, you know, have a fallen father figure in my life and have gone through these things where I needed mentorship. You know that. Yeah. It's 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 the connection that makes this that tethers their galaxy to ours, and um and it's like familial connections. 
I, don't I think family is key. I think legacy or family, whatever yeah. you call that episode, that's going to be key because you know, yeah, it's always it's always. What if we call it legacy and family? Oh, legacy and family. Okay, because because I I love it. Like like because to me, episode nine. I'll try not to cry or say what I said before, <laughs> but the reason I love that movie so much is it talks about the fact that legacy goes beyond family, right? Like you yeah. choose your family, you choose your, your, your connection, but there's also a strong family connection. It's right. not just, I mean, maybe it's just legacy. Maybe we just do legacy. No, I, I, I'd like family because family okay. is what you make it. I mean, when you see the last scene or second to last scene in, um, rise of skywalker i mean when you see luke and leia looking at ray i mean those yeah that's it, her mother and father looking yeah. lovingly upon her like that's that's what it yeah. is it, all right like, legacy and family family okay. does not at all mean biological um oh, and, and even but yeah. legacy i think is a good addendum because like you have like second third generation um people that work for the empire you know that that are like employed by the empire and that's their legacy and that's just you know what they're doing you're Ben, you hit it on the head. Ray is all about legacy and family. Her family technically is Palpatine or her legacy. I can't do the math because it's late and right. I've had a several Manhattans. But my point is, <laughs> is that there is legacy and family and Ray is ruled by both her. Whatever is Palpatine, her other whatever is Skywalker. And it's all about this battle of her family name versus her adoptive name. And so, yes, I think I love the idea of grouping legacy and family together. Okay. All right. That sounds great. That's a really good one. You, you got another one, Grant? We're getting, we're getting, uh, I'm getting out. Pickings, we're so. getting, we're really, we got a lot of, not a lot of, we have a lot of broad ones. Um, Oh man, this is tough. Uh, Remember, living document we can add on later, but we can add on to this. But if you got them, Sam, maybe like a a code of ethics, like knights honor a code of ethics. Is that something that like we think is a broad enough? Interesting. Mm. Is that religion essentially? I don't know what we're trying to get to. No, I would lump that under the force. that's heroics, essentially, I think. I, there has to be, I mean, good and evil is also part of that as well. Like, what is good? What is evil? That's sort of your ethics. Yeah, I think it kind of falls under a lot of ones, but I like the idea of keeping it separate. So I, I'm not sold either way, but my thought is a code of ethics is what destroys the Jedi in right. the prequel trilogy. A code of ethics is what's being taught to Luke. <laughs> it's it the, is. It might it be the most right? important thing. It's, right. it's, it's, it's a basis for religion, though, I, I think, at the same time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know what you're saying. Like, I love this idea. I think a code of ethics is something to be discussed. Is it separate? Is it under the force? I think all the well, ethics I, we get. No, 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 because. OK, sorry. This is bad podcasting. <laughs> no, I love I'm like, no, I'm like literally having a conversation <laughs> with myself. Yeah, no, I love okay. it. We're here. We're here. Tune in to Adam has his own podcast where he has a conversation <laughs> with himself. Right. Um, because there's a code of ethics in Solo that's not force related. It's, right. Like there's a discussion between honor Han. And duty. Is that essentially what that is? I don't know. Oh, this I'm, is I'm this still is still sounds like good and evil to me. If we're trying yeah, to be productive, really? okay. so maybe it falls under both the force and good and evil. Like we can talk about like the code of the code of the force. What is the force? The will of the force versus code of ethics. Of Sith, good evil. Yeah, the path of the yeah. Jedi in the book. Did of the we Sith. do uh, government and politics yet? Did we? No, that? you can take that one. OK, I, I think 
a government in politics or it's fun because there's is that we could put a lot under there which is yeah. like i was thinking about doing a separate like technological terror episode that would be like all the you know the the, the death star and all the mm. the uh the large scale super weapons super weapons right I, and please, uh, can we please not say super weapons is a ten of star wars <laughs> yeah <laughs> Technological terrors, but then I was thinking I like uh, technological terrors. Yeah, it could be a thing. Um, but yes, government. Myself. Let's 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 stop with government and politics. I think that does belong here. I think that's a big part of it. And, and even that, in even in Mandalorian, the lack of government and politics, yeah, is, it's discussed. Uh, is, it's there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a part of it. Like that's what makes it interesting because it's lawless, you know. But it, it it's at least couched in a. You know, and, and we we get reference to the rebellion and them trying to sort of be this sort of intergalactic police force, you know, but it's we get a sense of the government and politics in that due to their their the uh, new republic's intervention. So I, I think that's I think government and politics counts. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we can cover democracy and oppression in all that. We don't need to put yeah. any of that stuff. Yeah, I love that. And love I that. really hope that like, I mean, I, as, I love democracy. That's my favorite thing. But I think they're going to evolve even past that in this. You know, when you're in your your high republic, I think they're going to find a way to sort of be democratic yeah. and still represent sovereign um, places at the same time in sort of a higher role. But what it, is, it's still politics. What is Lucas like? Uh, something dictatorship? Let's not go there. <laughs> uh, benevolent, benevolent dictatorship. Benevolent dictatorship. Of, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, don't want to say anything about something I'm writing right now, but it, it, it was basically something I needed to write to relieve all my political anxieties. And I'm it all may or may a, not be about a benevolent dictatorship. I'm all for <laughs> benevolent dictatorship if that thing could actually exist. Uh, I don't think moving. it can, but if it, it, it does in a certain Absolute time. power corrupts absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Let's uh, uh, I'll save this for enough. episode 13. I got nothing. I am out. I am yeah, I'm, tapped. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much what tapped. What do you got, well. I'm fairly tapped, too. I'm just going to throw a couple things at the wall. Yeah, because we have 13 right now, so let's not end up 13. That's a bad number. Let's get to number 14. <laughs> um... Wow, politics was a good one. Man, so I had all these like pilots, slicers, heavies, leaders, fighters, specialists. Yeah, I mean, lightsabers. I, I mean, but again, lightsabers I don't think are, are essential. But can, the force needs to force, be there. But, but Ben, I you're on to something there. You want to stick with 13? Well, I, I think it, it also falls under. I think I, I want to stick with thirteen because I think it falls under um, ensemble casts. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, are we good? Do you want me to read off the thirteen we have? Yeah, let's do it. All right, number one, hero's journey. Okay, hey, wait, in no particular order. Mm -hmm. Number one, hero's journey. Number two, out of galaxy references. Number three, ensemble cast. Number four, Alien Worlds. Number five, Swashbuckling. Number six, The Force. Number seven, Mentors. Number eight, Good versus Evil. Number nine, this is my favorite, Honor What Came Before, Presage What Came After. Poetry. Uh, number 10, Wars in the Stars. Number 11, Alien Monsters and Droids. Oh my. Number 12, <laughs> Legacy and family, number thirteen, government and politics. Thoughts? Do we miss anything? Economic, business, and trade would be separate. I would throw that, that into stuff. politics. Okay. Politics. Okay. All right. So why don't you do government, government, politics, economics, and trade? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because economic, I, I mean, economics is is key, right? 
the bounty yeah, hunters yeah, have their own economic system. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a better. I think that is government, politics, economics, and trade. I think we don't need to split those apart, but I think no. they all fit together nicely into this. We could just say bureaucracy, but that sounds so boring. No, that's a different thing. I, I like. This, yeah, this is, this is more specific. I like it. I love it. Uh, and so, in Alien Worlds, we'll cover architecture in there. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Landscapes is a huge one for me. Uh, I Alien think Alien Worlds. Yeah, but, but that's Alien Worlds. So, yeah. are we good with these thirteen? Because I think we did it. I think we did it. Uh, so, my thought is, we will. You know, this is again a living document. I will try to create some cool looking thing. Slash, I will hand it off to my wife, the graphic designer, to make a cool-looking thing. Uh, sorry, Carly. Um, but I think some of these may be individual standalone episodes, but I think a lot of them will be actually just, we'll start with, like, Hero's Journey, breaking that apart, and then maybe even coming up with sub-episodes. Like, yeah. my, my thought is we have 128 episodes off of this one starting episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, my thoughts are the same. On I mean, yeah. there's so much we're going to put under these umbrellas that it'll yeah. be so fun to, to dive in deep. But I think what's fun for me, maybe because I'm a nerd, is that I'm going to, again, it's a living document. I'm going to I'm gonna build this document, and then we'll keep expanding it after each time we cover one of these with some of the subcategories and things like that. So there's going to be some like beautiful thing we can print out and put on our walls after this. So, is so tell me where yeah. crime is going. Like, tell oh, me where no. culture is going. Oh, crime. I mean, evil is good sort of evil. And economics and okay, trade yeah. is evil. Yeah. I think, yeah, good versus evil will have um, crime lords, pirates. I think that's where a lot of that stuff yeah. will fall. So, And in Galaxy References is going to cover like the legends and the stories of the galaxy that the well, characters that's understand. That's number nine. Yeah, exactly. That's number nine. And number two are all the movies and history and religions. Okay. Yeah. So what is in Galaxy References? That's just like all the jokes based. We on don't it. have. We got rid of that. No, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Pay attention. You did not pay attention when I was reading this off. Let me start over. <laughs> I had number, thought you said number no, one. No, i No. Um, number two is out of Galaxy References. And then number nine, which is what we got rid of in Galaxy References, is honor what came before, uh, okay, okay, what okay, came after. Yeah. What comes that. after. Yes. What, came, what comes after. I will right. fix that. There you go. What comes yeah, I mean, the other... I think what a part of a part of that that's very important and almost could get its own pillar is expand the galaxy every time. Always expand the galaxy, which I, I think that presage what comes after. Because what about like you're, I, I, I'm doing that because it's like I think that that does lump under it because it's like you need to set these new standards that are going to be have to be honored by whatever comes after you, you know, that that is expanding the galaxy. Not to build on poetry, but what about honor what came before, presage what came after, always expand. Always expand. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sure. Yep. Love it. <laughs> sure. Says Grant. Wow. I would say preserve, preserve the canon. Uh, well, that's what honor what came before. Like, that's all yeah, I would say. Preserve, preserve the canon, the canon expand, expand the, canon. the galaxy. That's all I would That's say. actually, that's pretty great as well. I mean, that's, that's all right. Funny. What do you, I know, I, okay. I, well, I, so no, I, I, I'm actually, I'm going to push back against that because <laughs> too. I, I think we need to honor legends too. And yes. like legends isn't canon, but that's what kind of came before and they are legends. And then you can adapt that and make it canon. And I, I think, you know, because there's value in Thrawn, right? There's yeah. value in, in, in Rogue Squadron and, um, you know, things like that. 
that yes, have there is value in Rogue Squadron. I yeah. love it. All right. It, it I have to push back. You invented it. You invented it. Which is funny. From the most academic of the group, I'm going to push back because the poetry of honor what came before, presage what came after, and it always expand to me is better than like that's it. It, it is. Everything. It is it's great. It's better <laughs> beautiful. Pros. Right. I just. I, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um. So we covered everything. I don't think there's anything we left untouched here. Uh, I think that's I it. I can't believe we did this in less than three hours. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm really excited about this because Thank these you. are like it. These are my favorite things. Like yeah. Star Wars is like my favorite thing, and and the reason it is my favorite is because of all these pillars that that prop up this uh, you know awesome tradition that George Lucas created. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, and now so, hither and yon. To the, Can we say that? Yeah, yeah. Can we say that next week, unless there's some major developing news that takes us an hour and a half to discuss, that we're going to choose one of these thirteen <laughs> to expand on? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we'll do that. Yeah. And it might be number two because we almost did that today. We've started. Um, yeah, behind the scenes. Grant um, has an encyclopedic knowledge of the movies that influenced yeah. George Lucas before he created Star Wars and um, and created a, a movie watch list for us that we're going to share with you. Um, and we're going to start working our way through a bunch of these movies. We already did a little bit. Um, I watched um, Hidden Fortress by Akira Kurosawa last week, and that's arguably one of the most influential uh, movies, even though a lot of things have listed, but um, directly. So we'll uh, we'll talk more about. Yeah, we have a we have a watch list. I've actually constructed like a really long watch list. Really we're long. Put on yeah. the, the Discord. <laughs> And uh, we'll invite people to the Discord at some point. Oh, we're yeah. just we're just setting yeah, up Discord's now. new. We have a Discord. Uh, we got Discord. It's uh, the watch list will be there. Well, uh, this living document might be there. Like these episodes might be there. Uh, everything will be there. Yeah, everything will be there. Uh, so I think you need chat. to. Yeah, and I think you need an invite. So if you want an invite, either let us know on our Insta, on our Twitter. You can email us at coralnews at gmail .com and we will shoot you an invite link. Right, Grant? We'll, we'll, we'll post it. We'll post it in the bio. I think somewhere. Oh, we're gonna like let everyone. Yeah, in. I think All we'll right. let, let everyone do it. I, I love it. Not. Chaos. It's great. Uh, we'll, I'm sure there's <laughs> privacy settings on some of these the channels we can use as, as you know. I am going to Let's go crazy so. by kicking people out with my moderator power. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Unlimited uh, power. power. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Love it. Yeah, the empire awesome. is crushing. Wait until you yeah, see Adam as an too. admin. <laughs> Adam. Yeah, it's gonna be me shooting lightning out of my fingers. Um, yes. So we uh, will where, post. Where's, uh, where's all the coming of age stuff gonna go? Is that gonna go in um, Heroes Journey? Uh, family, family, or family? Heroes Journey? Heroes Journey. Yeah, Heroes Journey. Journey. Heroes Journey. Okay, Heroes Journey. Yeah. Great. We have thirteen. It's We're good. Number. Stop trying to add. Up to yeah, it. I'm leaning into the lucky number thirteen. Now. Me too. Got it. Um, oh, and one thing I'll say is that we are at some point are thinking about, um, as Grant mentioned and Ben mentioned, we have this list of movies that influence Star Wars. We're going to start covering those at some point, but we'll make sure to mention when we're going to cover them, what movie we're going to cover. So if you want to watch along with us, you can and expect yeah. next week to cover it. So yeah, we'll give you a, we'll give you a week to try and find the movie and um and watch it and um and then. Yeah, and listen to it or contribute ahead of time if you want to be like, oh, I thought this, this, and that. We'll talk about it on our episode when, um, you know, if you do that and send it to us in time. Um, we love your opinions. This We only get richer with the more um, perspectives that we get and the more diverse um, perspectives that we get. So we'll, we welcome those and treasure them and honor them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening to us. I'm really excited about this. I hope Me too. 
you all are as well. Um, it's super fun. I love Star Wars and I love getting into the like really into the fabric of the galaxy. And I think this new segment will help us uh, go through this when we might have uh, less content coming out of Lucasfilm. Uh, you'll have plenty of content coming out of us. Um, so we love you very much. <laughs> and uh, thanks very much. And we'll talk to you next week. May the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Yeah.